0: You're listening to Packers Talk Network. PackersTalk.com Do you want to experience the thrill of a Packers game at Lambeau Field? If so, be sure to get your game tickets from the longtime trusted source in Wisconsin, Ticket King. Visit their locations in Milwaukee and Green Bay. Just go to their website, theticketking.com. Again, that's theticketking.com.
1: Packers Therapy. It's Packers Therapy. It's Chris and Dave talking about the Packers. And their 31-24 victory over the Chiefs of Kansas City—not the chefs, the Chiefs of Kansas City. I'm wondering, Dave, if, if if you are as worried as I am about the safety of Patrick Mahomes, because apparently he has a stalker on NBC who is uh, cataloging every move that the guy makes on the sideline. What yeah. did you make of that?
0: Uh, I don't know when exactly it dawned on me that this is going to really irritate me for the rest of the game. It was maybe sometime in the second quarter where I thought one, it's way too much and two, it's not interesting. He's not <laughs> reacting like in a in a in a happy or a sad way. He's not talking to anybody. He's just has a blank look on his face staring. But the, you know, the NFL must say, okay, we got Rodgers against Mahomes. This is going to be great. Mahomes is hurt. And they said, "All right, I guess what we're going to do is we're going to throw him on the screen a bunch because we have to keep reminding people that he's he's around." I, I oh, it was so irritating, um, and so uninteresting. Uh, maybe they do that with Aaron Rodgers. Someone was saying that uh, they do that with Aaron Rodgers. We just don't notice it, but I felt that was really ridiculous last night.
1: Well, they they did it for Rodgers when he was hurt um, last year. Oh no, two years ago. Uh, I remember the Cleveland game in particular um and he got all excited on the sidelines and he was trying to you know help with the play calling and all that stuff but it wasn't like they didn't put him in his own separate box up on the screen so you know that's what got me about the um the dangerous love being shown for Patrick Mahomes I, I you know I mean it was after every play and it was insignificant and he was just kind of being himself and I think it was you on Twitter that said that you know, the next program was going to be Patrick Mahomes watching TV and NBC. Just yeah, sort so. of like watching you The know, Tonight I, Show.
0: That yeah. was that was next on NBC. You didn't see that? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was it was an hour of no. OK, I'm, I'm watching the re- replay of the game. There's 1222 to go in the first quarter and they just did their first Mahomes shot. And then it was like pretty much after every play. And I mean, the guy's. Not bad looking, but he's not like, boy, I got to see more of that, you know. I mean, what was... <laughs>
0: no, well, that's not what I'm watching football for. <laughs>
1: yeah, uh... I, mean, I, just, I just, I don't really, I don't really get that, and not that they shouldn't show a couple of cutaways, and the guy is the reigning MVP. He's, as my son pointed out, he's probably the face of the league for a lot of younger fans, but it was just continual and all the time. It, it just got, it got creepy, and then it got funny because. Like, when were they going to stop this? Well, they, they took a break in the third quarter, and then apparently whoever was directing the show got loose of the shackles that they put him in <laughs> and could turn to the control board. Give me more Mahomes, for God's sake. Yeah. Enough if, of the football game.
0: Yeah, I thought exactly. my my favorite tweet was uh, my friend and I decided to make a drinking game of every time they show Mahomes on TV, we take a shot. He's now in the hospital with <laughs> alcohol <poisoning.
1: laughs> yeah, sc- Sclerosis of the liver. Yeah, yeah right. the Watching too much Mahomes, yeah. <laughs> Any, anyway, that was enough to make me surly, and I, I don't know if you have a surly for this week, but that was certainly enough to make me surly.
0: Yeah, I. It's. I'm glad we're going to the surly word early. And by the way, um, Nick may can uh, insert the music here, which he actually <laughs> did last week. He puts the music in. <laughs>
1: This, this guy is great. Now he's not yet quite to Mitnuk Miller levels, but he's on his way. He's
0: there. working his way. Yeah, he's working his way up the ladder. Pretty soon they're gonna collide, and then we'll have a big scrap to see you know who, yeah. who gets the big promotion.
1: Exactly. Yeah, I can
0: see this coming. Um, <laughs> actually, the relationship is very Lafleur Rogers like. You know, do they get along? You know, how is it a uh, big tension between the two? It's a big deal uh, at Packer Therapy Headquarters. Um, but the surly Award that I would give was to me. Uh, I don't know if you <laughs> followed me on Twitter at all, but I was really cranky last night watching the game cause, and even after the game was done, I was happy we won. I loved the touchdown by Aaron Jones, the sixty-seven yard, mm-hmm. you know, the, short pass, the screen pass, yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, but I found the game to be incredibly frustrating, and for three quarters at, at least, for, certainly for two, or for, you know, to the second quarter. But even the third and into some of the fourth, I felt was incredibly frustrating. So I have. So of three things that I found incredibly frustrating. All right, you, want, you want me to list them out? Oh, I was hoping you would. All right. I could keep it to myself. We could just stop the podcast here. That. <laughs> uh, all right. The first one is, I don't quite know how to totally characterize it, but it's, it's Rodgers holding on to the ball too long. Uh, now, he did eventually sort of figure out to short, throw short passes, but I felt like the way the game sort of evolved is that first, Kansas City decided to play coverage. And Packers scored 14 points. Then they decided to blitz him crazy, and then that worked. And it drove me nuts that they couldn't have figured out pretty soon that as the blitz is coming, we're going to get rid of it to one of our playmakers and let them take a linebacker on, which they didn't sort of figure out until third, fourth quarter. I just I don't understand why it's so difficult. I feel like for seven years, defenses have a playbook on the Packers. You either... If you can rush with four, you do that, and then you play coverage with two deep safeties. And I felt like when they were running the ball well and throwing short passes, that brought them out of their two-deep safety. And I thought, wonderful. But the other part, if you can't, is go after Rodgers because he holds the ball too long. And again, the short passing game is how you defeat that. And uh, and you get burned a couple times, and then you stop. And then you try something else, and then you, then the, you have to adjust to that. And I, I feel like it took them incredibly slow time sort of figure out how to sort of beat that blitz and um and Rodgers you know he took that sack deep in his own territory no, which was terrible was cool. um yeah. you know there there's just a bunch of uh, unnecessary sort of sacks or and maybe the, they weren't open but you know I we keep talking about scheming guys open what they did with Jones you know having him just step back take a catch and then run you know that's going to be an 8-yard play probably at least well it turned out to be 67 yards but every time the teams do that, that's, look, we're going to make you pay with that that play or some variation of that. And so I just found it incredibly frustrating that they still, it must be Rodgers because it can't be the scheme. It feels like the scheme is trying to make that work, but he just holds the ball so long and takes such unnecessary hits. And we, we punt way too often for what I think is an offense that should just be able to score, you know, at, I shouldn't say at will, that's way too optimistic, but, you know, that should be scoring regularly. What do you think about that?
1: Yeah, I I guess he's he's better now than he was, I think because the offense uh, re, I think the offense rewards him for being quicker and more decisive, but he's always going to have that thing in his makeup in his DNA that is is not going to be satisfied for, you know, taking the quick sure thing. Uh, i I guess I go back to when he used to have his own uh show with jason Wilde, the the what for four or five years after he won his first uh m v p or I think it was after the Super Bowl and then the next four years and he talked with disdain about you know game managers and it was almost like um he 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 found the notion repulsive and disgusting, and he just he just would not be that guy and last week by taking those passes, you know, he had the best game of his career, probably. I mean, right. least if you believe it, in the rating and he was he was good yesterday against Kansas City. But he's I've just kind of gotten resigned to the fact that, you know, he's going to be that guy that is is not going to take what's right there right away. He's always going to look for something else because it's like he's going to watch the film and say, damn, if I had just taken another second or two, I would have found, you know, that guy who was you know, 20 yards down the field in the seam. He he just is – that's just kind of the way the guy is programmed. It's frustrating, but at least he's not programmed the way, say, Brett Favre was where, you know, he would just you know take those chances and there would be the turnovers that just seem to kind of kill them all the time. And Rodgers holds on to it too long, but he's not nearly as prone to the turnover. And this season, I think one of the reasons why they've been as successful as they have is – they really don't turn the ball over. And that's that's the kind of thing that you say, okay, I guess I'm going to take him holding onto the ball and being ultra careful and taking a sack every once in a while. That's frustrating because the guy is just not going to, you know, make a impulsive decision that's going to wind up in a turnover. And that's one of the key stats. You know, who, is, who wins the turnover battle typically is the team that wins the game.
0: Yeah, well, I don't, f- I feel like there's a, we've talked about this over and over, that there's middle ground between throwing up for grabs like Favre or eating it and taking all these sacks. I mean, the Packers punted three times in the first half. Uh, I don't know if all those plays ended in a sack, but if he gets sacked on third down for holding the ball too long, that's almost like a turnover in a way. It's, it's just, you know, you get to punt it downfield, but you're turning the ball over to their team when you take that. And then in the second half, I felt they were much more successful Mixing it up, running the ball, uh, throwing it short, and they had a field goal, touchdown, touchdown, and they close out the game. I, f- I feel like the second half is the offense I want to see. Um, and, and even then, you know, there were times we held the ball, I think, too long. The, my second pet peeve is, uh, is the touchdown to Jamal Williams. Uh, everyone's saying that could be one of his top throws of all time. There, I will never be convinced. <laughs> <laughs> ever, ever, ever be convinced <laughs> that he was throwing it to Jamal
1: Williams? <laughs> he he said as much. He gave this really kind of vague answer. And I I tweeted it out when it became available. Um, this well, yeah, I was kind of going for Jimmy, and Lash then and, I saw uh, yeah. something. Yeah, I don't know what it was. And Holy Spirit, maybe I don't <laughs> know. And whatever, whatever it was, I kind of threw it in the corner, and yeah, that was that was a Brett Favre throw. And I think the difference was, I think in his mind, he thought, well, if Jimmy doesn't get it, it's going to be incomplete. So it's okay. Right. And I I would think he was as surprised as everybody else, because when he let go of the ball, I mean, I assumed he was looking for Jimmy Graham. I didn't see the fact that Jamal Williams, you know, was cutting across the back of the of the end zone. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be in all the highlight reels forever. And even his coach, LeFleur, said he'd never say anything like it in person. I don't think I had either, except for the 2003 game where Brett Favre was literally throwing it up for anybody to catch, and guys were making these amazing plays for him downfield against Oakland in that game after his dad died. That's the only thing that I can think of that compares to that throw that Rodgers made, except Favre had – probably, what, a half a dozen of those in that game against Oakland. Uh, so I, I'm glad it happened. Obviously, it was, it, was a, it was a good deal, and it was a great uh, touchdown and all that stuff. But if, out of all the things he's earned and deserved in his career, that wasn't one of them. No, I, that
0: was <laughs> – I mean, sometimes you have to be lucky you know, yeah, to, to win lucky. these games, and that's what they got there. Now, what was weird to me is that when Graham jumped and it went over his head – like my emotions went through that. Okay, what down is it? It's next, and then he caught it, and it was kind of like an out of body experience of like, what just happened here? It was <laughs> it was such an odd thing that happened, and you know you got to hand it off, hand it, hand it off, hand it to uh, Jamal Williams for catching that ball. I, oh yeah, to stay with it, and I, 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 it must not have been supernatural for him too, because. Graham jumps in the air and that probably blocks his view, but he stayed with it and just dragged his feet in the corner of the end zone. Oh, what really, amazing. that's the greatest play that Jamal Williams will ever have. I, I, Rodgers just ha- happened to throw, you know, in the right spot. I guess I will give it to Rogers in that if he threw it up for grabs, he did, he was able to put it in the corner of the end zone rather than say, in the middle of the end zone where it could get chipped. Right, tipped. right. But, exactly. So, yeah. I, you know, I guess that's, that's fine, but. Um, I just I laughed when you know, even after he threw it, he looks up at the scoreboard. I think he was like, "What just happened there?" I don't think he had <laughs> any clue that that was uh, what was going to happen. So that was my second. All the praise that Rogers is getting for that throw, I yeah, I yeah. kind of want to get. I guess it's, mis- it's misplaced. Yeah. It's definitely misplaced. Yeah. And the third thing that really bothered me is the Packers get up fourteen nothing, and I know that Kansas City is fast, uh, but why? We didn't put the pressure on Matt Moore and go after him uh, once you're up two scores. I mean, you have some room to to give, and let's force the issue here. Let's be the aggressive. I felt that we went into an, a severe bend-don't-break, and then it got even more like, go ahead and take the five-yard pass. We'll try to steer you out of bounds you know, 15 yards down the field and see if we can get you into a field goal. I felt we really played passive – and maybe, you know, we won, and, and certainly in the second half, um, it kind of it snuck up on me how well the defense ended up playing. You know, they got a punt, there was the fumble, they did get a touchdown, but then we stopped them um, masterfully by uh, Shandon Sullivan, by the way, the guy that wished me happy birthday. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> he's the one who knocked it out of Kelsey's hand, which is fantastic. Yeah. Um, but I was just, I, I really want to see this team. Be great on offense, get a lead, two score lead, and then release the hounds after the quarterback. I, I want to. That's I think the the formula for the package be really good. And uh, I'm a little nervous on the offense because we still don't seem to take what other defenses are giving us, and then we're not stepping on their throats when we get a two uh, score or more lead. I, I I found that frustrating. Maybe it has all to do with Kansas City, and if that happens with the Chargers, Philip Rivers is as good as dead, I, I, I don't know. But um, I thought that there was an opportunity for us to really close the game out early, but we played so passive on defense.
1: Well, I know what you're saying, and I, I kind of felt it myself watching the game, but you know, I, I realize there's a certain philosophy that, that is behind what, what Patton does, and he is the sort of guy that is a bend-but-don't-break guy. And I think they realized that they weren't going uh, to get to more because he was getting rid of the ball. And what was the 2.6 was the average, or what it was. He was getting rid of it so quick. And I'm thinking that he's thinking, well, if we bring guys, we're not going to get to them anyway, and we're just going to create more opportunities. And by the way, those guys are faster than we are. So let's just make them work for it. Let's make them work the ball down the field. Our offense is good enough. They're up 14-0. You know, this is. This is going to be okay unless we let them score quickly. And so that had to be the philosophy. If that was, I definitely agree with it. And I think you saw the picture of Lafleur and Patton embracing on the sidelines. It was it was such an embarrassing photo that even the official uh, had to turn away. I I, I was. Yeah. Well, it's a new era in Green Bay. Let's face it. Yeah. Uh, you know, and nothing wrong with that, of course, as as uh, Big Snake Man mentioned on Twitter. Nothing wrong with that at all. So I just I just think that um, this is what we're what we're going to have from this Packers defense. They're, you know, they're they're going to live and die on the turnover. And what was the turnover ratio? It was one to nothing. And the Packers had the one. They're, they're going to rely on turnovers, and when they can, they're going to rely on pressure on the quarterback and sacks. Uh, I think, though, that Andy Reid has given a really good blueprint for future opponents that you know, don't try to go downfield on this team. Their strength is in the secondary, and they have guys that can rush the passer. You're a lot better working it down the field because they're, they're going to give that to you. You just can't make any mistakes, and you can't turn it over. And if you don't do that, you're probably going to score and put the pressure on the Packers' offense.
0: Yeah, I, I, I think the formula— Formula for the Packers defense too is this idea of bend don't break is it feels feels like that's something special. Every defense is bend don't break. I think in the NFL, it's Modalities, it's, a matter, yeah. it's yeah. a matter of whether you give up field goals, get a third down stop, or are you giving up touchdowns. And I, I get the idea that you if you can if you have a team that can score touchdowns and you can allow them to kick field goals, you know you'll win every time. Um, but I, I felt like the Packers really. I mean, the reason Matt Moore was getting rid of the ball so quickly is that we were playing kind of off our our, our rece- their receivers and giving them so yeah. much cushion that they were wide yeah. open. So there was yeah. never a contested short throw that was there. And then we missed tackles, and then those five-yard runs go into 17, which we did as well. I, I guess I would have liked to, with a 14-point lead, is play man-to-man and go after Matt Moore and make him either make good decisions or throw deep ball that he's got to complete. I you know, can he do that? Is he's he who's teaching reading, writing, arithmetic two year, you know, a year ago or whatever he was doing and you know, can he throw a forty yard bomb down the sidelines and, and hit a guy in stride? Well he can throw a three yard pass to Tariq Hill and and then he can break tackles. I, I just I felt like we got very conservative and I I didn't feel that was Pettin's MO. Um and I, it really hurt us. I mean, at the whole second quarter, there's just there was no give on our on our Our defense. uh, So I found that incredibly frustrating. Kansas City's got a very good offense, so I I can't blame the defense for the the game that they had. And they really did play pretty well in the second half. I don't feel like they were necessarily more aggressive. Um, I mean, Matt Moore made a few mistakes. The fumble was huge. Huge. That was big. I mean, really, as you said, that's really the the difference in the game. Um, and, And, you know, as I think about this game, some people might say, well, you only beat Matt Moore. I, Matt Moore, uh, for what the Packers gave, did extraordinarily well. I thought. I mean, he's mm-hmm. had over a hundred point quarterback rating. Now, maybe Mahomes would have thrown down the field a little bit more, but that might not have worked. Um, and he might have thrown some more, He might have thrown some interceptions, or who knows what would have happened. So, I'm not convinced that this was a worse team without Mahomes based on mm-hmm. how they actually played. I, I, their
1: offense was very, very strong. Well, I, the Packers were playing without Devontae Adams. Um, now, I would say in terms of relative worth, uh, Adams is a terrific player, but you know, Mahomes is the, is the reigning MVP. So that's a, that's a, you know, a, a disadvantage, uh, Kansas City. I think the difference, though, was in the other guys that Kansas City wasn't uh, playing with. They, the left side of their offensive line was missing. They had two of their best players on defense, their, their best defensive lineman and best pass rushing linebacker. It was the other injuries, I think, that maybe gave the Packers more of an advantage because other than Devontae Adams, the Packers had <clears throat> pretty much their preferred players on the field. So I, I think Green Bay was uh, fortunate, you know, that the schedule worked out the way it is um, in a few weeks when I is – it, is it Minnesota hasn't played them yet?
0: Yeah, I think or they Chicago? play them next week. I know Minnesota it's, has them in the future. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So whenever that is, uh, I, I thought it was a couple weeks down the line. But if it's a time where uh, the, the Vikings are going to face them with their players back, yeah, that's where you get extraordinarily lucky uh, that you faced them when they were, you know, shorthanded, and now Chicago or uh, Minnesota is going to face the, a different team at a different point in time. Uh, I, I guess. They always say, you know, you'd rather you know be lucky than good, and the same thing is, you, it it doesn't matter you know how good you are, it matters if you win, uh, and all those things are are truisms, but this you know things have kind of fallen together for the Packers. The first three weeks of the season, their defense was terrific, and the offense was finding itself, and just at a time where um, the Packers offense is finding itself, the defense is suddenly a little bit leaky. So. They got lucky in that those things did not happen at the same at the same time. So things have really come together pretty well so far for the Packers in terms of both schedule having all those home games at the beginning. Um, i I'm not sure that the Packers win this game if Mahomes can play or if they have instead of having four of those guys out if they had two of them out. you know, i, I just I just think things really came together. And my peeve is that, People, I think, Packer fans, at least that I have heard, um, are not appreciating, you know, how how fortunate the Packers were in this game and have been to this point to have everything come together. Now, I know some years, you know, things don't come together and it looks ugly, um, but more, uh, more times than not, it's it's not as bad as it looks and it's not as good as it seems. And I think right now we're getting a little bit caught up in how good this team really is and i i think people need to kind of keep in their shoes it reminds me a lot of 2007 where things came together for them until that overtime against the giants when you know far made a horrific decision of course <laughs> that that was kind of a that was kind of a part of his feature set i guess was <laughs> was making horrific decisions yeah that's right but you know but that was a year where things things did kind of kind of come together for them. Nobody saw, well, we certainly didn't see a 13-3 and three team that year. And this team may wind up, you know, being that good too. I don't think anybody, anybody saw that. Um, you were the more optimistic of the two of us with a 9-7 and seven, uh, you know, record. And I don't know if that's a playoff team or not. Probably not in this year's NFC. And I saw them, in fact, I see them losing the next eight games because I predicted 7-9 <laughs> and nine at the beginning of the year. Right. So I, I, I think they are definitely better than we thought they were but i don't think we should totally discount the fact that the season's kind of played out to this point at least in their favor.
0: Well, and i should walk something back. I'm not saying that Kansas City is just as good with Matt Moore than with Mahomes. I've never actually seen Mahomes play that that much. So, i don't know how special he is. I I just think that the Packers beat a very good offense. I, I you know, the the weapons that they have uh, even with Matt Moore quarterbacking, i felt that this was a quality win for them, but I, you're right. They they have been lucky to a degree. Although they played Chicago first game of the season at their place when they were healthy and you know pretty charged up, um, they've had a pretty tough schedule to this point. They've I was listening to podcasts today. You yes. know they've beaten yes, Dallas, the Bears, the Vikings. You know now the Chiefs. Um, it, there's there's been pretty tough competition. The Eagles that they lost to, but. You know, they're seven and one. Yeah, they've had a lot of home games, but they played some like three or four top ten defenses. Um, so, and you know what? I and it, regardless of whether they're lucky or not, I think what we've seen in the past is that sometimes you turn luck into confidence, and then that confidence turns into skill. True. True. And, true. and yeah. then all of a sudden, you're playing well, um, and maybe you wouldn't know if you were unlucky before. There's been a couple of years the Bears, you know, would have these thirteen three seasons. And it felt like because they had all these runbacks for kickoff and punt returns, a bunch of turnovers on defense. It's like, they're not that good, but they, they're 13-3. and three. And uh, one of those years, they were able to make it into the Super Bowl. Um, you know, maybe the Packers can kind of keep rolling. And I'm telling you, as long as they run that offense through Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, um, and even when Devontae comes back, I hope they continue to do that and take what the defense gives you. And I bet you it's still going to be some time before defenses commit to Aaron Jones and not double cover DeVonte Adams because I I think they'll feel like we can we'll do our best to tackle him and uh I think he'll make them pay. Um he once again Aaron Jones running is over 5 yards a carry uh, average and uh he had 159 receiving yards. Is that that's remarkable incredibly yeah. how he's done. I I just but I think you keep going to that to his direction until defenses really make a concerted effort to stop it then hopefully other things are open
1: you know i i'm wondering if you think uh that aaron jones is is a special player at this point i mean do you i've heard people say that you know he's top five running back in the nfl uh based on what you've seen uh and this is his third season now what do you think
0: yeah i it's well he's special to me
1: uh (laughs) well he scores touchdowns
0: for the packers What's what yeah, more right. special than that? Um, you know, <laughs> is is he as good as Kamara, uh, yeah. McCaffrey? Uh, who, I guess you know, who that's
1: are, what I'm asking. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I I certainly think so. I he has a great ability to stay on his feet. His balance is really remarkable, and he had breakaway speed on a couple of those runs. He he's not easy to bring down. I think durability is the big question, but you know, the right. two errands together makes it really tough to stop if if we continue to be creative, I I just love the play we had Williams and Jones and Vitali on the field at the same time. I would love to see that same uh, sort of uh, lineup or position with those guys and then run multiple plays out of that set. Um, That was on the touchdown. I don't know if they did it before, but on that touchdown, it was somewhere like, I'm not quite sure which way they could go. I mean, they could go one of three directions and I love that about the offense that can do that rather than, I got this guy. You got that guy. Now let's just – let's compete. Like make some – make them confused and then compete. Um, I I love that. So I I guess back to your question. I I think right now it looks like Aaron Jones is a very special player, um, the kind that could maybe take us to an 11-3 season that without him we might not be able to do that. I don't think we could have the same success if we had Jamal Williams as our starter. I think Aaron Jones is a real difference maker.
1: Okay. Aaron Jones – versus Amon Green. Who do you take?
0: Uh oh the recency bias is so yeah. bad, right? <laughs>
1: That's why I asked.
0: Yeah, I well, there was a time Amon Green was just so great. Oh
1: he you was know, outstanding. Every yeah.
0: third and one, fourth and one, it was just automatic with that guy. Um now I don't remember him catching balls downfield like Aaron Jones. He might have. Um and certainly far would have thrown it to him but I love Aaron Jones' ability to play basically wide receiver for us. And um, if Aaron Jones was our number two wide receiver after Devontae Adams, I'd feel pretty good about our offense. Um, <laughs> it's uh, – I, you know, I, I guess I would have to go with – if I had to go with peak one or the other, I think I'd have to go with him on – just because he's proven it before. He was tough. Oh, uh, and Aaron Jones – I I don't know if
1: he's as tough as Amon Green is. You know, to to me, it isn't recency bias as much as it is style. And Amon Green, you know, his off-the-field stuff, you know, let's forget about that for now. Um, His style on the field, um, you know, kind of that, that the way he ran, the way he was built, uh, he was a power and speed back. Um, He was just electrifying in the way that, Melvin Gordon, when he played for Wisconsin, was electrifying, Uh, really the best running back I've ever seen for the Packers. And I've been watching him now, you know, more than 50 years. And Amon Green was was truly special. I remember him uh, not being the downfield threat um, that we I guess the offense really wasn't catered to be that way because it was essentially the Mike Sherman offense, which was more like the Mike Holmgren uh, offense was, uh, so I don't think there was a lot of downfield stuff for Amon Green, but he was a threat every. Well, he had 1,800 yards rushing one season. I mean, the yeah. guy was, and he
0: could catch screens yeah. and yeah, basically do and the he, same thing he do with the running game.
1: Right, and 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 but now Aaron Jones is proven to be that kind of guy too, because uh, yeah, he's a downfield threat, but also when he took that screen pass, which is the same kind of play that you would have. A wide receiver do right kind of a kind of a bubble screen type right. thing, and his ability you could you could just see his ability to find the gap like a running back would do and make a couple of quick cuts in a way that again, probably a bigger man um, a wide receiver probably wouldn't be quite as as nifty. I heard someone suggest I wish I could remember who this was I thought it was a good observation that essentially what um, Aaron Jones is doing right now is replacing the slot receiver that the Packers apparently need ever since uh, Randall Cobb left. Uh, So, or I guess the Packers let him leave. Uh, Now they have a slot receiver who is also, you know, a running back. I know they, they, they tried to do that uh, with Cobb, right? They wanted to play him in the backfield. Mm -hmm. So to be a slot receiver and a back, well, now they've, they have, instead of a guy who is mainly a wide receiver um, playing in the backfield, now they have a back who sometimes plays in the slot. And that has, I think that's the formula there, to do it that way, because 18 wasn't really much of a threat as a running back. 33, definitely a threat as a running back, yeah. And then he offers you that ability to go downfield. That should have been a a 70-yard touchdown, or it should have been a 60-yard touchdown, but instead it was a 50-yard play. He just caught his heel on the on the fringe there. And he's you know, he's a he's a guy that can do a lot of stuff, but he just doesn't have the durability that Amon Green had. Of course he doesn't have the butterfingers that Amon Green had either. Right. So, that's that's so, true. So, well
0: we don't know <laughs> that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amon Green he would he would cough it up. But you know, what's so great is and I hope they continue to do this, if you put Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones in the backfield at the same time, just those two guys, I think Williams is tough enough to be a blocker. Uh, I think he's willing to block. So if you're a defense and you've got those two guys back, uh, as running backs, do you put linebackers in to stop the run or do you put safeties in to stop the pass? Because if either of those guys are dangerous in either spot, then as the offense, you just look to see who their personnel is and you pick, you know, you do your run pass option. Um, if you're going to put a a linebacker on them like they did in a number of times, then there goes Aaron Jones down the field. Um, I just, it just makes them so super dimensional, and if Rodgers can kind of make good decisions, which I, other than holding the ball, I think he's you know super accurate and and can read defenses really well. It, it makes them almost impossible to defend, um, and so I do love the fact that they figured out what is their best at, and let's not waste time throwing to Geronimo Allison and Marquez Feldas Scantling, uh, which the, between the two of them they only had two catches. And part of me, I was like, that's ridiculous. They need to get a wide receiver. But, you know, it really was not necessary to throw to those guys. They they were, I mean, MVS is kind of a decoy to kind of keep the safeties deep so you can dump it off to Jones and let him do his work.
1: Well, I'm glad that they throw to those guys because the more multiple they are, and I know I'm repeating myself from previous weeks, but the more multiple they are, the more guys they can get involved in the offense, specifically in the passing game. I think the better they are. I, I just I don't think you want to concentrate on a couple of guys because those guys get hurt or if they get, you know, uh, taken out for some reason uh, that the defense plans. You want to have options. You want to have Jake Kumaro making a, a couple of catches and targeting three, four times a game. You want to be able to pass the ball to your tight ends. You know, you want that stuff because you, it makes you better when you when you have all kinds of options. And the defense then has to figure out, well, you know, they aren't just this team. And so whenever I hear someone say, well, they don't have an identity, I I don't know if that's necessarily a bad thing, because you want to be able to do a lot of different things well. And the analogy I would use in this case is that 2000 Michigan State basketball team, national champions, this was a team uh, that beat, our Wisconsin Badgers, I think they beat them four times, maybe five times during the season all the way into the Final Four. And that's because that team could slow it down and beat Wisconsin at its own game. And then the next game, when they played Florida, I think, for the national championship, they could throw the ball you know, down the court and, and run with them and beat them at that game too. They didn't – now that's a team that didn't have an identity because they could do whatever you were doing, just doing it better – and I would like to see the Packers be able to when they need to beat a team with the long ball, yeah, M- MVS is is their guy. When they need to be a team running the ball, they can, you know, put two or three running backs out and they can pound the ball. I think you're better when you're not confined to this is what we do and we do this best. I think you have to adapt every week in the game planning, and that's something that I think this coaching staff has done pretty well so far, is they don't let themselves become. This is the thing we do, and damn it, we're going to do it. Right. Uh, I, I know that's how Lombardi did it, and I, I you know, he, they ran the damn power sweep, and that's what they did, and they did it, you know, well. Uh, but I don't think that Belichick does it that way. Uh, I think Belichick, you know, makes his team be what it needs to be for that particular week. And Lafleur, so far, seems to be that kind of guy.
0: Well, it wasn't as quick as Belichick. I felt like Belichick would have figured out that blitz quicker. Which is why I'm sure they cheat because they they see it coming ahead of time and seem to call the perfect plays, but man, they throw a lot of short passes to running backs. They I, maybe I just overglorify that, but I, I feel like they throw a ton of short passes and let the James the Whites pa- of
1: the world I, was, you I know. say the Patriots. Yeah, uh, they do. That. They've done it forever, and when they and that's why guys like James White are so valuable in New England, where it may not be valuable in a lot of offenses, but that's exactly the kind of guy. And they're little slot guys too, the Julian Edelman yeah, type guys. Right. I mean, a lot of teams there wouldn't be a place for that guy, but there there is a chance for those guys to make a big um, impression and make a big difference. And what I'm seeing so far from the Packers, you know, is is that kind of adaptability and flexibility. It's a damn shame 17 is hurt. We'll figure out a different way to do this, and they do. I'm kind of curious to see what they're going to do when they get 17 back. Yeah. You know, oh. Are, are, you know, it's. I mean, hey, I love the guy. You know, he's our close personal friend. Uh, not really, but still, you know, he's seems like a like a fine young man and a hell of a player. But I think they're probably better when they, you know, don't rely on having that that one that one guy. Uh, since we've been on the podcast, I got our weekly email uh, from uh, uh, from Chris uh, down in the desert, Arizona, and uh, you know, he said basically says look okay so you don't want to trade for a wide receiver what about somebody on defense and i think we we probably should should talk about that in the second half of the of the podcast but at this point uh i i just i don't think they need uh another receiver i i think they just need to use the guys that they have the the lazards i mean my god i That guy is real valuable. He's going to catch three, four passes a week and not going to be huge gains, but another guy to go to. And that's why I think Allison, yeah, pass the ball to him once in a while. Hopefully he won't get laid out like he did this past week. you know. But still, having those guys as options, that makes it really tough for defenses.
0: Should we take a break? Because I want to come back to that idea. Uh, But why don't we take a break so I can reload here and uh, be prepared for my rebuttal.
1: You know, I think, though, in terms of reloading, the hard thing for us to do, we don't have the money to reload. Oh, that's a great segue, yeah. If we we just had, you know, some dollars, and I hate to say this, David, and I I don't want to appear to be ungrateful, but I'm not grateful right now. Uh, This week, nobody, we did not get one single PayPal gift, contribution, an act of of support and charity – for a podcast that costs you jack squat every single week. And it's worth every penny you pay for it, believe me. So if you are now shamed and you want to help Chris and Dave, because Lord knows we need the money around here, um, you go to PayPal, and it's Packers Therapy at Yahoo.com. Packers Therapy at Yahoo.com. You go to PayPal, and in any denomination of hundreds that you want to give to us, We will be delighted to accept that and spend it probably on hookers and blow. I don't know. Whatever. We will find a good way to spend your money. Believe me, we will find all kinds of ways that you would never even dream of. So uh, PayPal, uh, PackersTherapy at Yahoo.com, and we would very much appreciate that. So – uh, now it's uh, it's actually 10 o'clock on a Monday night, and 10 o'clock is the time when we take a break here on Packers Therapy. Um, we refill our water glasses or something stronger if necessary, and uh, I take my evening medications because I'm getting old. Uh, that's what happens when, when you get old. So as we do those things, uh, you can stop your podcast now. You can take a little bit of a break because it's been a long first segment, and we will be back with more Packers Therapy in just a bit. Chris and Dave, back with more Packers therapy. I hope you enjoyed your break as much as we did. I tell you, it was it was just refreshing. And we're all set to go uh, for the second half of the podcast. Uh, I believe Dave won the flip. He decided to defer to the second half. So, Dave, take it away.
0: I wanted to uh, mention one more thing in regards to taking what the defense gives you. As much as it frustrated me, the, the – the play, if you watch it in slow motion on Aaron Jones' last touchdown, is actually a thing of beauty. He, now I'm losing my memory exactly how much in motion he went, but he he ended up on the left side of the line, right. and the Chiefs had everyone out the line of scrimmage like they're going to do um, what do you call it zero protect yes. or zero Zer- zero coverage zero yeah. coverage, um, and so yeah. what what Aaron Rodgers does, he steps back, throws it to Aaron Jones, uh, he catches it behind the line of scrimmage. And what happens when he catches the ball is because all the Chiefs are crowded in the line of scrimmage. Two of the linemen break out, and so you have two receivers and two linemen who are now blocking three Chiefs um, right. because they've isolated him. And, and Aaron Jones isn't touched uh, basically for that touchdown. And like that is a blitz breaker right there. And especially you know having Aaron Jones be that guy, like you said, instead of Randall Cobb, because there's a good chance one of those guys is a linebacker who has to now tackle him in space as opposed to a safety it might be quicker. Uh, I just thought that play, I've been waiting for that kind of play or that kind of response to what the defense is doing, um, for years, Chris, I, I, I just, that does give me <laughs> some hope, uh, that, that this offense can really be special. Um, just fingers crossed, everyone stays injury free. We got to, get Devontae back, get him into the offense, and make it super unpredictable. But I want to come back, too, uh, about the idea that they don't need another wide receiver. Um, and and some people are saying what they really should trade for is someone on defense. Right. Uh, I have the opposite view of this. I feel like, you know what, their defense, yes, they, they could upgrade an, on linebacker. Maybe they talk about having more people on defensive line. I'm not quite sure why they feel that that's such a deficiency. But... Um, Sure, the run game isn't, uh, they haven't stopped the run super effectively, but I still feel like the guys we have are are fine. I feel like the Packers can win the Super Bowl if they can outscore people. And then the defense can then be opportunistic and do what they do rush the quarterback, get interceptions, that kind of thing. And I feel like the defense is good enough to sort of hold their own. I guess the Packers are 11 in scoring defense.
1: So they're oh, actually ranked okay. pretty
0: high. I heard that stat. I can't prove it, and I'll throw out. You know, <laughs> if you hear it, you'll believe it. Uh, uh, but I feel like it, it's high on yardage. They're in the 20s, or you know, they're they're lower. But on scoring, it's actually pretty decent. Um, I feel like they need an offense that scores and scores and scores. And if they get Devonte back, if they had another receiver that bumped Allison out, that the teams were afraid of, and then Scantling was your third receiver that's just flying on the field every play. Um, then I feel like their offense could be so scary good that they will they'll beat teams like the Chiefs or the Eagles or you know the Bears and San Francisco because their offense is just so, so good. I feel like trying to get balance is not as important as being superior by a long shot on one side of the ball. And I feel like it's they need to do that in offense. So I would prefer them getting a, a wide receiver and making the offense super great again and then let the defense sort of play hopefully play from a lead and watch them do just fine at that.
1: Yeah, I, I guess it depends on the uh, the cost to I mean there there are guys uh you know when they picked up Andre Risen everyone points to you know the acquisition of Andre Risen well he was he was available because he was cut, you know, he was on the street. And that's a lot different than saying, yeah, we're going to give a, a second round pick for Andre Risen. Uh so I I'm not I'm not sure that I would um want them to, you know, give up important draft capital at this point when they seem to be able the last, what, um, the last five games are averaging over 30 points a game. Uh, that sounds like the offense is pretty good at that, at that point, you know? And so I don't know how, how much, how much more you need there really, especially if it's going to cost you something. If you can pick up somebody that, you know, winds up getting cut and be opportunistic that way. Yeah, I mean, why not? I mean, they did that with uh, Ryan Grant, the current Ryan Grant, who hasn't played yet for them. Uh, that's that's great. I mean, that guy was available, didn't cost you anything. Why not? He's a experienced guy. He can probably play for you in the slot, give you a little more. I, I would imagine at some point Darius Shepard's going to be gone, and yeah, so that's that's fine. But it's when you have to start giving up some of these these draft picks that some of the tra- the trades recently have been. That's just that's. That's really that's really expensive when you're trying to develop a team that's going to have openings next year. You're not probably not going to have Brian Bulaga, and you're going to have to replenish that, and you're going to have to spend a high pick on it probably. And you know, if you want to upgrade the wide receivers, you're probably going to spend a high pick on that as well. So I don't think you want to be giving away those draft choices.
0: Well, I wouldn't pay any price for anybody. I mean, I if you could get someone. Um, I would try. You know, I hope that they're at least trying to see what they can pry out and see a third pick or down. I think to improve the team this year, I'm all for because if you have an established veteran that you could have on the team this year, uh, or and hopefully maybe for future years if if you're successful, um, I think sure. There's been third round picks that have been wonderful players, but it's not a guarantee. And having someone that you know that could kind of step in and and play. Uh, I guess I would be willing to pay sort of a third round, fourth round, or or lower. I guess the one flaw in my thinking, which there's often many, is the idea that they could probably yeah. move right into the offense and just pick it up. Which I understand that that's not as easy as it sounds. Um, but it feels like other teams do that. that. You know, did Sanu go over to the Patriots and have to sit and study for three weeks? Uh, it, um, I don't know how he how he did, but it feels like other teams find a way to to make trades and get them involved and, and improve. Um, so I I don't think they're going to do it. I And I think, you know, if it's a second round pick for, you know, an average receiver like Emmanuel Sanders, would I pay a second round pick for Emmanuel Sanders? I don't think I would do that, although I don't know his game very well. Um, but I'd love to see the offense improve a little bit, take a step forward here and make the offense just dominant. And I think we got a real good chance in, in the playoffs then.
1: Well, I, you know, I, I guess it's it's one of those deals where if they if they make the postseason and they and they lose, you can say, well, see, if they had made a move, uh, you know, I mean, that's always going to be available. I I suppose I just I just don't think they need to do that. If anything, I think they need to. And it's going to be really tough to get somebody to do this, but you know, they need another inside linebacker that is a not playing with a club on his hand. Uh, and b can 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 cover somebody in the in the passing game yeah. now I realize that they have high hopes for ibrahim uh, Campbell uh you know he's supposed to be available soon and can play that hybrid spot that Raven Green was playing um, and that apparently uh, a Burks cannot play for one reason or another uh, so I you know maybe that guy is not available and again I wouldn't want to give up a ton, because the defense, as you mentioned, is, is pretty good. I didn't know they were as good on the scoring side of things, but, you know, their, their defense is, is competitive. And if the offense is going to score over 30 points a game, I, you know, I think, I think your team is is pretty good at, the, at this point. You're halfway through the season, too. Um, I, I don't know what the learning curve is. I do remember Ryzen. It took him a while to integrate himself into the offense. Everyone remembers the Super Bowl catch in the in the first quarter, that long touchdown, the Razor 50 or whatever that thing was. Yeah, uh, Yeah. I mean, everyone re- remembers that, but, you know, they acquired him and it, it took him a while to, you know, get himself acclimated to what Holmgren was running. And I would imagine it's going to be the same with this offense. So it seems to be complicated in that there's a lot of moving parts, a lot of formations, a lot of motions. Um, I guess they, they say that they're running the same plays, just out of different looks. Well, you have to know to get into those looks. And I think that might take a little bit of time, especially if a, if a player has been in one system for a real long time and they haven't, you know, had to stretch that muscle that, that may be something that sounds good in theory, but in practice, it's a lot more difficult. Do you think, uh,
0: I know how you're going to answer this, but just take the, the attitude and the history out of it. But if the Packers sign Antonio Bryant, would you be excited uh, from uh, from a football perspective, I mean, would you, even though you might be disgusted by it, but would you feel like, wow, you know, now th- we really have a potent offense now. Well, that's
1: interesting because um, it's hard for me to separate um, that guy from his character and personality. Because Andre you know, Rison was not a good guy. Didn't he have his
0: house burned huh. down? And uh, oh,
1: well, did... his yeah, his his uh, were they married? Was he married to Left Eye, or, or were they just? Living together, I'm not sure, but anyway, they weren't living together long because she started the house on fire, I guess. So <laughs> yeah, that, that's, yeah. A, it, that's
0: a big statement.
1: Yeah, but you know, I died in a car wreck in Mexico later, so I don't, I don't, I don't want to, you know. Yeah, <laughs> all right, we'll, we'll leave it. Yeah, here. yeah, okay. yeah. But so, so the the point is that he, I think his, um, um, that's, I don't know that it's mental illness. What, whatever his problem is, I think it spills over into his abilities on the field, and. In the absence of those things, I think he'd be playing for somebody. And I think the reason that the Patriots gave up on him—and do you know how how unredeemable you have to be <laughs> to be—you know, I mean, everyone goes to New England and you know wises up. And if you can't do that in New England, uh, like everybody else, you gotta have something wrong with you. Yeah. you know?
0: I Well, I, there, obviously there must be something because why doesn't a team take a chance with him? There's oh, yeah. all kinds of teams that are making a Super Bowl push and no one's no making it. But I just if that were to happen from a football perspective, uh I would think, wow, you now we really have an offense that could be Super Bowl worthy because who do you stop now if if Devontae Adams is healthy? Um because I look we, we could certainly upgrade the position maybe in the draft, you know, next year. I, I think MVS might be fine, Allison might be fine. They're not game changers right now. I don't is MVS you know the early Devonte Adams where you know the third fourth or fifth year he really breaks might out. Yeah, he might be, might. but why you know why he's they really are underutilizing him now. If he's so fast, why can't we get him the ball um, like where Tyree Kill gets the ball? Is it although he did drop you know he he had one big drop that he 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 was in his hands and didn't catch. So maybe Rogers doesn't trust him, um, but. I would. I'd just like to see an upgrade in the position. I wish we could do it this year, but I have no idea who's available and if it's a reasonable price. If there'd be someone desperate to get a fourth or fifth round for a decent receiver to push Geronimo and uh, Scantling, I, I guess I would see that as being more of a need though than on anything on defense. No,
1: uh, I. I just. I think that their defense um, is lacking something right now, and the. It it may be on the defensive line. I mean, uh, Lancaster had a big play yesterday. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Uh, Collinsworth uh, sold him short and said, well, he was just lucky to be there. Well, no, he forced the fumble, you know, and about any fumble. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, so I, I, I think he's, I want to minimize the guys. He's he's a good, he's a good story. Um, But, you know, a guy like that, getting the number of snaps that he is, I think they, you know, could use some improvement. Kenny Clark's been kind of on a milk carton for you know, a couple of weeks. He doesn't really seem to be, you know, making those uh splash plays. Uh now I guess if we if we broke the film down maybe they, you know, we yeah, see a real that he's
0: anchor. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, maybe we would see that, but he's he doesn't seem to be doing what he was doing last year and early this year uh for whatever reason. And I'm just wondering if it's because the guys they have around them, the Northwestern boys and Lancaster and Lowry, uh, the the L boys from Northwestern. Yeah. Uh, they, I, I I think they're solid guys, but I don't know that they're difference makers. Montravius Adams, I don't know. Uh, you know, Kiki, I I'm not, I'm not sure that that these guys you you talk about special players and different. I don't I don't think that those guys are that. So a defensive lineman that you know could make more of an impact or another inside linebacker who can stay on the field uh, for all the downs would be tremendous. You know, he, he can good enough against the run but can cover a tight end. I mean, that would be terrific. Now, those guys are pretty rare, and if you're going to give up draft capital to get somebody, uh, I think that's where you have a higher degree of underperformance or dysfunction than you do on the offensive side of the ball where – you know, I mean, they're getting a lot of guys involved and guys are open and they're making catches and they're moving the ball. And uh, I I don't know that you need to have a, a phalanx of playmakers when you have a lot of guys who are real solid and real competent and can get the job done. I, I just I don't think you need to have John Jefferson and James Lofton. I don't think the game is is that way anymore.
0: Well, that's. What most people agree with, and I'm probably in a minority on that. I I think the best defense is scoring touchdowns. You're on the field. Uh, you you know the Packers could have scored you know to 21 nothing because they they had a touchdown right away, which is great. 10 plays, 74 yards, fantastic. Then Kansas City punts and then we punt. I mean, if we score there, um, you know now we're at 14 nothing. They miss a field goal. We score again. 21 nothing. You know game's over. And Now the defense can really play one dimensional. And I, I just feel like that's a better formula. Cause you're always going to struggle on defense with this league. I mean, you think, a, a another linebacker is going to really keep Drew B's out of the end zone. Uh, if you play the chiefs again, I mean, teams are just too good. You just, you just need to consistently score more than the other team. I, no, that's no. my feeling. And I, I feel like when you have Rodgers, you, you, you have the ability to take something and be superior. Um, Given that he doesn't hold the ball forever, but uh, um, that's just my thought. That's uh, I think I'm in a minority. I don't think the pack's going to do it. Uh, they never do what I do, except for seven years later. Um, <laughs> so I'll put my pitch in now, and hopefully, in 2016 uh, we'll see, or 26 we'll we'll see a Super Bowl champion.
1: You know, I, I was wondering. Now maybe I missed this during the game. Uh, did Terry Tate get any time for the for the Chiefs? Did you happen to notice? Who? Terry Tate, office linebacker.
0: <laughs> I did. I did not see that. I will look at the tackle chart here.
1: Yeah, because uh, you know, he makes a big impact on his day job, and I was just thinking because I, I, I believe he was with the Chiefs, as I recall, from his jersey in the office linebacker thing. So yeah, I, I, I don't think I saw him playing, but he is my favorite member of the Kansas City Chiefs. There's yeah, no doubt about
0: he that. Yeah, yeah. I, you would. He probably is on the sideline. You know, blindsiding the the refreshment guys <laughs> and the concession people so Woo! that's yeah <laughs> that's right that's right um,
1: yeah good 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 stuff there i guess couldn't help when i was watching the game and i was that's the first thing i thought of was is terry tate was he 55 is that what his number yeah that's what
0: he, now did you watch it delayed because you weren't on twitter as the game was going on you were delayed again
1: uh, yeah, I was delayed, but I was I was I went on uh, second half. I want to say late in the third quarter or so, I was able to, to get in my uh, my shots on the Patrick Mah- Mahomes stuff. And, yeah. 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 Once we, I think we started watching at eight, and by the time we got caught up, yeah, it was ridiculous.
0: Do you know the uh, you know the condensed game that the NFL.com shows? It's just Patrick Mahomes the whole time. It's uh, <laughs> it's forty five <laughs> minutes of just his face. That's <laughs> that's what they decided to go with.
1: <laughs> that doesn't that doesn't surprise me in the least bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: so where do we go from here? You want to do betting lines, or you have anything else?
1: Uh, well, there's one thing more I wanted to, to talk about, and that's how unspecial the special teams are yeah. for the Packers. I mean, even it's it's beginning to to rub off on on. Just kidding, Scotty did not have a great game for the first time uh, this season, but their coverage units are absolutely terrible.
0: Yeah. I think their best bet is to punt is to use the sidelines as your friend kick out of yeah, the end zone yeah. and punt out of bounds. I, I don't understand it. It, 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 usually it's a function of not having talent, but are they a lack of talent on the second and third, you know, string? Is that what's, what's happening? I thought we had some decent special team guys, but I know we cut some that were kind of dedicated special team people, um, but yeah, I don't, our returning is not really great. Um, good old what's his face let the ball drop and and went to the two
1: yard line. Uh, yeah. Shepard,
0: that was that was bad. I,
1: I think Shepherd's days are probably numbered. I think they they gave that a try. It was a good story. I don't see that lasting uh, too much longer. Uh, I. I, I know it's not Ron Zook's fault. I can tell you that much. <laughs> uh, so maybe you, you remember the the guy they wanted, the special teams guy they wanted. They didn't you know offer him the kind of money he wanted, and so he wound up going someplace else. And they had to you know settle for I don't know their third or fourth choice, whatever it was. And I something's something's wrong there. Uh, I don't know if it's a talent deal or a scheme deal. But, you know, teams are just, you know, ripping off these big returns, and the Packers can't return the ball for, for yeah. shit. You we know get to I mean? the it's, 25 it's yard team. line,
0: yeah. I think. What a great return. Well, that's where they're it. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Sullivan so I, did do terrible. What was Sullivan's average? Um, 16 yards, long of 19. I felt like he got to the 25 maybe once or twice. Um but yeah, JK Scott had a poor punting. I guess I didn't know. notice it until I, I started reading it over and over on Twitter how bad his punting was. But yeah, he had a 35.3 yard average. That was that was not uh that was very un JK Scott like.
1: Yeah, I'm not really sure what the deal was there. It's the first time you know that he's had a, a crappy game and I recall that the the temperature was in the low 50s at at game time. I don't it wasn't raining. Yeah. I don't think it was a, the wind. I don't know if the wind was really a factor. I'm, it might say on the on the uh, on the um, stats sheet what the wind was, but it didn't seem to be a problem with the weather. He just didn't seem to be hitting it well for whatever reason. And their their coverage units are lousy enough where they need him to be, you know, 50 yards with five seconds of hang time. I mean they. They kind of need that for them to be effective.
0: Well, maybe he broke up with the girl he's going steady with. Yeah, that could
1: could have been. Well, I I think so. I bet you you know wasn't able to get asked to the homecoming dance or something like that. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. I got turned down. Yeah.
1: yeah. Or or you know you know as 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 young men like him age you know they start getting certain feelings and <laughs> maybe you know maybe, maybe that was playing a factor you know and the next thing you know our boy will be shaving. So.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well. I Actually, I have another theory uh, somewhere along the Mason Crosby uh, (laughs) line, Um, and it has to do with uh, Jimmy Graham. Um, It is my unclinical belief that Jimmy Graham is going through depression. (laughs) I don't blame him. (laughs) Uh, Well, and the reason this is why I say, why is Rogers so intense on, uh, on getting him the ball? And then when he does catch a touchdown, he's like in his face cheering with him like no other person. I feel like Graham is like struggling with depression, and this is his way of trying to build him back up. I I, I think that um, Crosby is high, and I think Graham is depressed. That's my <laughs> my observation, and uh, you know you can really you can kind of see these things through TV. And I don't mean to make light of people who are depressed. I, I but I just I think it's so odd that Rogers is uh, so you know. It, such so friendly to Graham, like so, wanting to encourage him so much. Uh, I'd excited to see it this this game. It was the game before where he uh, threw a touchdown to him, or was it two games before where he really was excited for Graham's touchdown? I thought maybe he's trying to really lend him a helping hand. I. What do you think about that theory? Are
1: you suggesting that Doctor McKenzie is, you know, like the Beatles song Doctor Robert? You know, where, you know he'll make you feel okay, and yeah, yeah maybe.
0: Yeah, I, I, yeah, that's I. It fits. It fits what I'm seeing. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll ha- we'll have to get our uh, investigative team uh, working on that. We
0: got a lot of doctors. Do we have uh, Do we have a real therapist
1: on uh, Packers Therapy lineup? I forget who we had. I thought we had a therapist. You know, I thought we did too. Um, somebody heading up our mental health program. We have. Yeah. We have you know doctors like you wouldn't believe, GPs and gynecologists and everything else for every other part of your body. Uh, we got ministers and priests and soldiers. I mean, we have all the professions. Got sailors. You know, we got them all covered. Well,
0: you know, I, I was thinking uh, at the break if uh, people did donate to PayPal, that we could start uh, naming awards for them, similar to the Surly Award. We could we can entice them with uh, your, their name and a, an award. It will make it relevant and hilarious, and it'll be something special that you'll remember and pass down, you know, to your children. Um, maybe we could do that if we got a. But you're right. I think it has to be in denominations of of hundreds to get that um, distinction, don't you? You think that's a good idea?
1: I think C note is always a good idea.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I throw it out there. If you want an award named after you, feel free to go to PayPal.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Well, feel free to go to PayPal. No, nothing's free about PayPal. Okay. Feel. Uh, uh, yeah, I can't think of it. Don't don't hesitate to go to PayPal.
0: Okay. You yeah, ready to do the yeah. betting lines?
1: I think it's time for betting lines, Dave. So we have to also – we have to talk about our winner who first, right? Uh, who who, uh, who cleaned up and who gets to go in the Packers Therapy Hotel and Casino.
0: Yes. Uh, we have a single winner who got eight correct. Oh, my. That's uh, impressive. It's not Dave from Las Vegas. So that's oh, – and it really wouldn't be that special if you're already in Las Vegas to – Correct. It,
1: it would be just better to stay at home. But, yeah. Uh, so it's especially that given the nature of our place, it would be much better <laughs> to stay at home. Yeah, that, that's right. You uh,
0: Much uh, less chance of catching hepatitis and all exactly, the rest. Exactly. Uh, so let me go through the uh, answers. I'll tell you who the winner is. Okay. Uh, number one, we I would asked you, uh, how many catches would uh, Jake Kummerow have? You said the line at two
1: and a half, and he had two. You know, you know in all fairness, yeah, though. And a really good catch. One- yeah. The one, the one catch. He should actually count for two. It was that good. It was that good.
0: Uh, number two. What was the pass run ratio? Um, Mitno Miller uh, cranked through his uh, his calculator, and he <laughs> solved it to be one point two seven. You set the line at one thirty three. It was one point two seven. So the yeah. under had that one. Okay. Total number of punts. You set the line at five and a half, and it was six. Man, okay. I was I was on fire. You, you were good. Number four, number of receivers from Green Bay that caught the ball. You set the line at seven and a half. It was eight. Yes. <laughs> uh, number five, what would Kansas City's quarterback rating be? You set the line mm-hmm. at 98. It was 107.1. I know. So not bad.
1: Not bad. Not bad. Yeah. Not
0: bad. Uh, number six, how many turnovers for Green Bay? You set the line at two and a half. It was one. Yeah. Uh, total yards by Jimmy Graham. You set the line at 52 yards and he had 20. Ooh. Uh, what quarter w- or would they show <laughs> Super Bowl one highlights? Well, they think they, well, they, they, they did show those. They sure did before yeah. the game. During the game, uh, it, it basically it was Super Bowl one and Patrick Mahomes. It was just back and forth the back and forth.
1: Now Mahomes played for them in that in that game, right? Against of course, star? yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, they
0: flashed to him. Yeah, watching that, he was playing and watching and was not born yet. All of the above. Um, did they do no look comparisons? Uh, Midno Miller said no, they never did. I guess that's right. I never saw the yeah. no look comparisons. And then uh, tiebreaker was Aaron Rodgers' quarterback rating, which was 129. Yeah, it was uh, crazy. I said yeah. 120. You said 105, so it was close to that. Ooh, nicely done. The winner this week is Craig. Uh, sorry, Craig. Greg Carson with eight correct. You sure saying Craig Carson? Uh, it, it, well, it's his doppelganger. <laughs> it's Greg Carson. <laughs> okay. But after 10 o'clock, who knows what could come out of my mouth? That's so. Uh, so-
1: do we do we know where Greg Carson is from? Is he from Carson City?
0: He uh, it doesn't say. It's okay. Uh, we, we, you probably should all say where you're from. Uh, please, please. I feel like he's from Nevada, though.
1: I don't know why I have that feeling. He's from. He, then he is from Carson City, the capital, of course, right? Of. Uh,
0: you think he's the deputy or the sheriff or the mayor of Carson City. Well,
1: if, as long as he can do something to help that casino that we have on Lake Tahoe, yeah. See,
0: fine. now, if Greg Carson gave us a gift on PayPal, we could call it the Greg Carson City Award, and it could yeah, be for the biggest gamble of the game.
1: Hint, hint, Greg. See
0: how that works? Yep. Yeah. You take you his know. winnings and uh, shovel it right back to uh, package therapy.
1: That's the uh, way it should be. Yeah. yeah.
0: Pride. You get pride, we get money. I don't know why I'm on the PayPal so hard, um, but I'm ready to do – Uh, next week's betting lines you ready
1: oh baby i've been looking forward to this for the last i don't know 17 18 seconds
0: (laughs) all right uh number one uh i'm gonna go with an old reliable aaron Rodgers
1: quarterback rating uh see but this is actually this is a good time to do this because the guy he's obviously slipping i mean he went from 158.3 all the way down to 129 you remember when we used to do this, and every single week the guy was over a hundred. Yeah. And after a while, you just go, "Yeah, okay, I guess that's who he is." Um, now it's uh, not so much, but I kind of have this feeling that he's—he's he's sort of figured it out now. And for a while there, you know, I was saying, "Well, and he did this when I was, you know, well, he'd be in the '90s," and I'm kind of thinking that he's going to be over a hundred. I think it's 105 last week. I'm gonna go a little better than that this week. I, I'm gonna give him. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go 111. 111.
0: Uh, I'm gonna take. I mean, it's basically a home game for the Packers, right? Weather yeah, should right. be good. Right. San Diego or or uh,
1: LA, Los Angeles. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, it's, it's it's the same thing. Southern California. What it's whatever.
0: He was 120 this week. Uh, I'm gonna take the over until he proves me wrong. I'll, I'll take the over. That's Ooh. it's pretty Ooh. high. It's
1: pretty now, high. Now that's that's aggressive. Now I don't know. I, we, you told me, maybe it was either right before the podcast or during the break, that San Diego apparently has fired its offensive coordinator. Yeah. I'm sorry, Los Angeles. Wizard Hunt? Yes. Uh, yes. He used to be the head coach of the Cardinals, I think, right? Ken, I think that's Ken right. Wisenhunt? Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's and, go
0: to the tape here. Um, Chargers fire offensive coordinator Ken Wizard Hunt after three and five start ahead of Sunday's game versus Packers. I was looking at Twitter while you are talking probably at one point, and they said, you know, the Packers' breaks continue. They don't play Mahomes, and now they play a Kansas or a L.A. team that's just lost their offensive coordinator. Um, that's true. That could put them in disarray, or maybe, you know, sometimes you get that new coach spark. I, I wonder if you see that as an advantage or disadvantage.
1: So that's kind of like that, that new coach smell? <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh. I've never smelled one, but it doesn't have that old Wizenhunt smell any longer. It now has, and now has that brand new uh, scent. I think a lot depends on: (laughs) are they just elevating the quarterbacks coach to offensive coordinator, uh, or they're bringing in somebody you know fresh? I would imagine somebody is already on the staff, and then you know they're just going to run their stuff. What's going to be different is maybe the game planning aspect of it might be a little bit different. Uh, But I. I'm not sure this is going to be like uh, you know we're going to overall this thing, right? We're, yeah, yeah everything you remember everything that we did before, forget it. We're changing it all right now. No, I don't think that's that's going to happen. Uh, so I'm not sure this is going to make a a huge difference. It it may be like when baseball teams fire the hitting coach or the bullpen coach or somebody like like that that you're really trying to send. A message to the team that they got to kind of snap out of it yeah and that may be more of what this is yeah
0: well we'll find out uh in a few days here uh number two total points
1: oh you know 55 I keep
0: this last week
1: yeah I, I keep waiting for uh los angeles i want to call him san diego i don't we can the worst, let's just the worst way yeah. yeah let's just go ahead and call him san diego <laughs> You know, I I keep waiting for the bolts, OK, to, to to snap out of it. They have a Hall of Fame quarterback. I realize this guy is is no longer a kid, uh, although he does have plenty of kids. He's got like eight of them. Um, so I, I I know he's not what he was. And Melvin Gordon sat out a few weeks and I I think he's still kind of having his 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 preseason so their offense is a little disjointed maybe they're hoping that by changing the offensive coordinator it'll wake them up a little bit uh but they've they've not been they've not been great they've they've not been great on offense packers on the other hand the weather should be no problem uh they will have a significant amount of people in that i think it's a soccer stadium that they play in right in um it might it might even be in carson california as it turns out uh so I I think Green Bay's going to score. I'm not I'm not sure though about the Chargers. Um uh, so the Packers have been averaging 30 points. Uh, I think I'm going to set that I'm going to set that at 52, I think.
0: 52. I'm going to take the over on that. That would be um uh, I'm going to switch it to the under. I'm going to switch it to the under. I All think right. uh I think oh. the Packers play better defense and um limit them. So, uh all right, number three, how many touchdowns by Aaron Jones and
1: Jamal Williams? Oh, boy. Four
0: uh, for this last week.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I think people, in, in you even a little bit in the first segment here, got, I got the sense as though you might have been poo-pooing Jamal Williams a little bit. I think this guy is really – of course, I'm saying that as I'm watching him catch a square out here. Uh, he's a really good player. Uh, I, I, I think he's not um, – he's not your lead guy, not your number 1 guy, but he's kind of a 1B sort of guy. He does everything and he does it well. He blocks, he can catch the ball, he can run the ball. He's not going to, you know, break it free like 33 is going to do. Uh, but I was I was watching the first uh, touchdown that the Packers scored. It was the, you know, the Aaron Jones around the edge. 30 put on a fantastic block that allowed him to get into the end zone. I mean, the guy does a lot of stuff. And he does it really well. Yeah. Now, I don't know that they're going to combine for four touchdowns again this week. But I wouldn't be surprised to see three between the two of them. So I'm going to set it at two and a half.
0: Mm, that's, I thought you were going to one and a half. I'm going to take the under. Okay. Uh, that one. Uh, number four, total catches by MVS and Geronimo Allison. Uh,
1: and what, what do they have this past week? About three two. Maybe between – okay. Uh, yeah, I, I think those guys are more a part of the offense than they showed against – Chiefs, uh, but I, I I can't see them combining between them for more than six. So let me put that. Um, let me put it at four and a half.
0: Four and a half. Uh, Devontae comes back. I'm gonna say under. I don't know okay. if Devontae's coming back or not. Is that's that's still. To yeah, good, right? there
1: there is, there is speculation on it that last week he you know kind of you know came out a little bit and. It was showing something. I, I think they're going to be cautious, though, with him because I think they're going to want him for the rest of the season. Whenever he comes back, they're going to want him to be able to play the rest of the season out. So my guess is that they're not going to play him this week. In fact, they may even hold him until after the bye week. Until the bye, if, they, yeah. if, they, if they keep on winning, there's not an urgency to get him back.
0: Yeah, and I suppose this is a non-conference game um, on the road. You know do you save him for Carolina would that be a better um you know give one more week it all depends on how healthy he is I think if he can go I don't think they'd save him for it just in case but um I, sh- I suppose they're not gonna push him this week but I still think they're gonna be under four and a half catches um number five this is a uh, a or b answer who will be the leading tackler Blake Martinez
1: or someone else <laughs> Now, I did not look at the stats. What did did Blake lead them uh, in, in tackles? I it?
0: have it tied with Blake Martinez and Darnell Savage had seven tackles, okay. six
1: solos. So he had the most solo. That's uh, not good but, when you're when one of your safeties is no. it's leading tackler. Right. Uh, and and Blake, of course, is is playing with that, that hand that wrapped up. I don't know if that's going to be a thing now for the next four or five weeks. That tends to be how that how that injury works, it keeps getting a progressively smaller club, but a club nonetheless. Uh, and I think that's going to have to limit him. So I guess I uh, just watched him make a tackle right now. I, uh, that's a sign. yeah, I'm 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 going to go with 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 somebody else just because he I think he's he's limited and he looks a little cautious as I've been watching the game here. Um, and i i just i just don't think it's going to be the same guy
0: what do they think about or, or Burks if uh, they'd rather play Martinez with a club than Burks well, right
1: yeah Which... well Burks is, is supposed to be that guy that's uh, he's he's big enough to play in the running game but small enough that he can run with a tight end and i guess he just hasn't shown that so far I guess. and I don't I, I don't know because I haven't seen him enough in the games so there must be something in practice that uh, doesn't give them the confidence that they want to see more of that in the game I'm not sure what it is because reporters aren't allowed to you know go to practice so we don't hear a lot of these things but something is going on there that he you know he just is not showing enough and and they would much rather you know move down 31 into the box rather than have uh, Burks in there so I'm not I'm not really sure what's happening there. Yeah, me neither.
0: Uh, number 6, JK Scotts punting average.
1: Ooh. Now, are we talking gross or net?
0: Well, I don't what they show on ESPN here is just one number. I assume that's net. Um it was 35.3. So let's say n- net. Yeah.
1: yeah, let's say net. All right. Well, see a part of a part of that problem is their crappy uh coverage <sighs> units cuz right. that's that's gonna fit into the in, in into the net. Um so I you know, I, I think he's you know, he's gonna average forty-seven yards a kick gross, but the net uh, 35 is pretty lousy. Uh I'm gonna set the net at 38 and a half.
0: Ooh, thirty-eight and a half. Uh I'll take the over on that. In other
1: words, do you think it's gonna be higher than Higher, yes. Be, okay, all right. over
0: uh, yeah. and higher. Yeah. Um, number seven,
1: Philip Rivers' total passing yards. Mm. Uh, I thought you'd say the total number of children, which I would said at uh, eight and a half. I think that's <laughs> what I would said. Is yeah. take the over. Yeah, he's a devout Catholic. I think you can tell that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, mm, boy, Rivers against this off against this defense that you know tends to like to give a big cushion. And they seem to be fine, letting teams move a little bit. Uh, you know, he's older, but he's still pretty savvy. Horrible uh, throwing motion. Can't well, stand it. He's always looked that way, and he's always been effective. At least not effective enough to get the Super Bowl, but he's always been effective. Um, I think he's going to go north of 300 yards. I'm going to say 310. 310. Uh, I'll take the.
0: I'm going to say the over only because I think the Packers get an early lead. And then he gets lots of garbage
1: yards. Oh, okay, okay, fair enough.
0: Uh, seven and a half. What after the kickoff? What quarter will they show a fan wearing a cheesehead hat?
1: Oh, okay. Um, the because no, it's well, CBS and,
0: okay. and it's an away game in California. Yeah, I'm saying the first quarter. I mean, they cannot stop themselves, but uh, they're going to show cheeseheads galore, and I think they're okay. going to be all over. So
1: that, this but this. But this has got to be unintentional, right? It, it can't yeah. be that um, no, can't, you know, somebody field, yeah. somebody in the in the background, right? They're 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 you know doing a shot of the bench, you know they're they're showing that handsome Matt Lafleur, and and behind him you see a guy, you know, wearing the cheese hat. So it's got to be a cutaway shot yeah. to the guy in the stands. Right. Uh, it's it's got to be the first quarter.
0: Yeah, I think so too. By the way, speaking of uh, in the background, did you see the in the World Series the two girls that lift up their shirts behind home plate?
1: I missed that <laughs> Look, I, I gotta find that on on, on the internet you know?
0: yeah I, I well it took me a while um, it's it was on Twitter and Cole is pitching and uh, the, all you see is like the normal so they zoom into the side and uh, it's it I didn't I don't know why it did, I didn't see it, but then once you see it, you can't unsee it. It's, uh, <laughs> uh, it's uh, pretty funny. That's a, It's been a funny World Series. There was a guy who was holding two beers, and oh, then yeah. somebody hit a home I, run, and he just took it yes. off his chest.
1: <laughs> now, now that, that I saw. That's unusual dedication
0: to your beer. <laughs> yeah. He is going to get uh, some advertising money from Budweiser. I can tell you that. That's uh see,
1: I can see that at Miller Park because that's pretty much how the fans are. Yeah. But but you know at at Nationals Park, really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, it was
0: it was really funny. Um, yeah. Seven three force. The Packers tried to do a flea flicker.
1: I think is that what they? Yes. Did? Well they yes they did. And it didn't work. But you think it did another not trick play? No, uh, I don't think so. I are don't you? I don't think that's the way. No. Okay. Oh, uh, we don't know. Well, see, but is it a is it a trick play when they do that? end around, you know, or that thing where they just kind of like the guy's coming in motion and they sort of flick the ball to the guy as he runs past. Is that a
0: play? I'd say no, but Mitno Miller is the one who judges these things. I think it's, you know, a trick play is fake punt. You know, uh, I think a flea flicker counts. Um, Rogers hides the ball under his shirt. Uh, You know, that (laughs) that would all count. I I think they're starting to feel their way here. They're going to we're going to start to see a little bit more razzle dazzle.
1: So. Well, I, can, I can see why you said it because they haven't done a lot of it, and at this point, that would be going against form. And this coaching staff appears to like you know to go against form. Um, but I, I have seen nothing so far, other, other than this aborted flea flicker, um, that suggests that this is going to be the kind of thing that they're going to do, and the fact that it didn't work out. Kind Of makes me wonder if they're gonna say, okay, we tried that, that doesn't work, we're just gonna run our normal offense.
0: I don't think, I think they're emboldened by, um, you know, it didn't backfire, and I think they're seven and one going for eight and one. I think they want to show that they're like a Nagy, uh, uh, Kyle Shanahan, you know, like geniuses. We can do trick plays too. I, I think you're gonna see one this week,
1: all right, all right. Well, it would be interesting,
0: all right, seven and five ace. I had one more. Do you think at any point, yes or no, will they show the temperature in Green Bay versus the temperature in San Diego?
1: I think it, it, it's too early for that yet. Um, you know, usually, although that will be – it will be November, right? Yeah, by the time – usually that's kind of a December or January thing. So I'm, I'm going to say no.
0: Right, well, it's going to be c-
1: cold, right? It's, uh... it, 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 it's going to be – this week in Wisconsin, uh, high temperatures are going to be in the 30s. So, yeah, yeah, I
0: have uh, Sunday a uh, f- uh, forty degrees on Sunday. And maybe that's not so, but uh, so cold. But I- I'm gonna say yes anyway, since I thought it. Uh, okay. And then <laughs> the tiebreaker will be uh, Aaron Jones' total yards. I am gonna say as my tiebreaker uh,
1: 135. Yeah, he had 200 and how much was it? 220 this something. week? So, yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 that was one of the believe it or not one of the great performances in Packers history which is saying a lot um I don't think he's going to go off quite that way but I think at, at barring injury I think this guy routinely we should expect week to week he's going to be up you know over 100 yards um and you said 120 something you said I said 135 135 okay uh, that's that's not bad um I could see him going 80 yards and, I'm going to go with 140 140. Okay.
0: Well, if you would like to play and kick uh, Craig Garson and Greg Carson, the Carson-Garson brothers, out of the <laughs> Packers Therapy Hotel and Casino, you should uh, put down all your bets, put down all your overs and unders, and email your results to Miller at gmail.com. That's M-I-T...
1: N-O-M-I-L-L-E-R
0: <laughs> E-R at gmail.
1: gmail.com. Dot com. Yeah, okay, so <laughs> mitnomiller at gmail.com. Mail them or email them to Mike, and then Mike will do the magic that he always does, and we appreciate it, Mike. We very much do thank you for, for doing this for us the last few years. It it really helps out a lot. We We were going to stop doing the bit because – It just got to be administratively tough. And so thanks for that. And Mike and Nick, just a couple of regular guys helping us out here on Packers Therapy. We very much appreciate that. Okay, before we move on entirely, Dave, from the game, any other loose ends um, that you want to cover before we uh, go to pop culture?
0: Uh, I do not think I have. I didn't take uh, copious notes like I did the week before. Um, No, I think I'm good.
1: All right. All right. Well, then I think we're going to we're going to move on then to pop culture and then we'll wrap this thing up. So anything you've been uh, listening to, watching, um, I don't know, uh, looking at in a book of some kind, perhaps? What do you got?
0: Uh, So my pop culture of the week, I start I finished uh, Living With Yourself, uh, the Paul Rudd Netflix series, and it was fine. It was. I enjoyed it. It was uh not over the top or anything like that. Um but it's if you like Paul Rudd, you'll like this. It's uh, basically how I'd look at that. Um is my phone ring? No. Um, I'm hearing <laughs> a buzzing. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my cat is purring.
1: Uh, I thought my phone is <laughs> buzzing. <laughs> um, yeah. Dave's what... <laughs> Dave's pussy is buzzing, ladies and gentlemen. So
0: <laughs> that's so uh, anyway. it's, it's, it's just wrong. It, it is wrong. wrong. Well, yeah. uh, Nick, you can take that out. In yeah, fact, yeah, uh, yeah. just overplay um, Bon Jovi <laughs> over that whole thing. <laughs> uh, the, uh, I, when I started something I'm way overdue. I started Better Call Saul. Uh, Ugh,
1: you have not watched this show?
0: I haven't. I don't know why. Oh, it's, my God. It's because it's three, three four, five, I don't know how many seasons in. It's spectacular. And I got uh, – actually, I do have another one. Uh, the reason I got sort of inspired is I watched El Camino, a Breaking Bad Ah, story on our movie at Netflix. And I remembered how good uh, Breaking Bad is. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, it's not so much the, I mean, it's, it's such a dark, you know, a lot of people are, are making very horrible decisions, but what I really like about it is how smart the show is, is that, you know, whenever they're faced with a situation, they don't do dumb things. In fact, they don't just do common sense things. They do things that are pretty brilliant that it's hard for, you know, a, a viewer to sort of figure out. Um, and then they, they play it out in a very smart way. Um, and so I thought the movie uh, El Camino was, was very good. Remind me of that. And I thought, oh, I want to go back to that universe. And so I started watching better call Saul and it's awesome. Yeah, I, I, and I know I'm on. really going to love the next few weeks here of, of binge watching that. Uh, I guess there's three seasons on Netflix. So if if you're like me and you like Breaking Bad
1: and uh you haven't watched Better Call Saul, it's it's very good. And I, I've watched uh I'm all caught up on that show and it is really, really well done. It's um you can tell the way it looks and the way it's written, you know it's you know, by the same people that did Breaking Bad. But a very different kind of story. Yeah. Um and it's um as as you go along in it, there's some uh ground that wasn't you know, covered in uh, Breaking Bad, um, kind of on the relationship side of things between Saul and his lady friend, and um, and it's so there's there's it's very much similar, like like I said, living in that universe, but a little bit different slant on what is in that and the themes that are covered. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I I I can't recommend it enough. It's a terrific show. And how about you? Um, I am just about caught up now on uh, Handmaid's Tale. And I got to tell you, I am really enjoying this third season of a Handmaid's Tale. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I guess I'm what I'm really taken about. And I'm glad we were you know, talking about uh, Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul, uh, because there's a very distinctive signature in how those shows look and the pacing of them. And the you can tell that there is a certain way. That that show operates in the same way Handmaid's Tale has got a very distinctive look and feel in how they do this. And what I've been so impressed with, and I've got two episodes left in this third season, Elizabeth Moss, the amount of face acting that she does. It's, yeah, it's amazing. It, it, Imagine trying know, to do that. Uh, it's, it, it really is a skill and it, it is a fine art. And she does it so well. But there are so many good performances in this show. It's not just the leading actor. It is the entire cast, or at least the, the top, say, half a dozen um, uh, characters, are all played so well, And uh, inc- including uh, you know, Bradley Whitford, who uh, has mm-hmm. joined more recently in the last uh, couple of seasons, uh, just – uh, nuanced and a lot of subtlety done and I, I mentioned the the face acting that 's done um, it, it, it creates tension and meaning and subtext it's just it 's really really well done and the story i uh, this is a in terms of uh, kind of a um, a dystopian type story there 's a lot of those kinds of things, but this is a uh, dy- a dystopian uh, story that for me has a more practical anchor, a lot of dystopian stories, um, you know, are more far-fetched. Science fiction, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're much more like that. And this one, though, is that it's a little bit um, like Man in the High uh, Castle where it's – you you know, which is a counterfactual history. Uh, This is a little bit like that, you know, kind of a what-if and so there's a lot of touch points and touchstones to the society that we know it's just skewed so i I really I mean I like the first couple of seasons were good. I think this one's even better uh and i I really am impressed with what Elizabeth Moss has done as the lead actor in that i um i I always thought she was good, she was good in Mad Men, but this season in particular, I mean she has just been spectacular, yeah
0: not not a veroo. Viral- attractive role to play I and mean, she's no. constantly in distress and crying and just you know no makeup and but right. uh a, you know very very she's won i think multiple awards already probably for her her acting she's uh it's it's good but man you gotta be ready to you need to be in a somewhat happy place to be able to bounce back from watching that that's very 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 dark show
1: it 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 is and i think that's one reason why it's It's as powerful um, as it is. Uh, So, yeah, I I can't recommend that uh, enough. So I've got a couple of those left. There is one other thing I will mention, and this is – it's not at the level of A Handmaid's Tale or Better Call Saul. uh, But uh, on Netflix, there is – or there are um, four programs. They're all called Criminal, but one's done in the UK. One's done in Spain. One's done in Germany, one's done in France. And each season is only three episodes long, so you put them all together, it's 12. And it's done in a, um, I guess, I, I don't know if this is the right term, a workshopping or maybe avant-garde a little bit, um, where they're not the same case, but every one of these, whether they be done in German, Spanish, French, or English, it doesn't matter what language they're doing it in, they're all done in the same set. So you've got your three episodes you know, and it takes place in an, in an interview room uh, and on the other side of the glass window where people are observing there's a hallway with vending machines, and that's it and And all of these episodes uh, done in, in four different languages uh, are all done in the same set and they're all um, I, I guess it would be the classic um If you were uh, doing a stage production of some kind where it's very talky, Uh, if you remember the old HBO show In Treatment, uh, which was very much the same, it was every episode was a guy sitting down, uh, a therapist sitting down with his client, and they would talk for 45 minutes, and a story would be revealed. Hmm. And that's what this is to, except this is done in an interview room, and there's the two cops, and there's the always the lawyer and the person they are interrogating. And then on the other side of the glass is a couple other cops, and they're observing. And the stories are revealed through the questions that go on. And they never wind up where they start out. And sometimes they're just – it'll take your breath away. Sometimes it'll make you cry. And sometimes it'll just be kind of an interesting story. So I like this because – it shows you that the police culture exists and it's not just a, an American or a British phenomenon. I mean, these things happen in these other countries and there are all kinds of sad stories and crimes that go on and questions that get answered and things aren't as they appear. But what's great about it, the way they anchor it is by doing it in the same set. And that's what makes it distinctive to me. It's very good storytelling. It's not again at that highest level, but I think it's definitely worth it. If you've, if you've got uh, Netflix it's available on Netflix. The show is called Criminal. Criminal colon UK. Criminal colon Germany. Criminal colon you know Spain, France. So I I, I would recommend it. It's not as good as the other shows that, we, that we've talked about, but it is is definitely compelling if you don't mind reading subtitles.
0: Oh, it is okay. Well, not the UK, I suppose. Oh, well, maybe you can if The accents are hard. But, well, uh, you know,
1: I, I recommend that with, if you're watching any British show, yeah. I think it's a good idea to put the closed captioning on because, um, you know, they're made for people that live there and there's a lot of nuances and things. And what do you say exactly? Yeah. So I, I do recommend it even for that show. David Tennant is one of the, is one of the, uh, suspects in, uh, the UK version. So if you like David Tennant's work and Doctor Who and the... He was in uh, Jessica Jones and things like. Uh, also in that. Um, oh, he was just in a recent uh, another series on, on on Netflix. The guy's a terrific actor, but he's one of the suspects in the UK version of Criminal. So if you like him, check it out. Okay.
0: I think that's a full episode right there.
1: Oh man, yeah. I mean, we, we probably could have done just one on pop culture, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what we'll do in the off season. Packers seven and one. Uh, They uh, beat the chefs of Kansas City. And I got to say, obvious, I picked them at seven and nine. I'm going to be wrong on that. Uh, This is becoming a lot more um, fun and interesting season than I think uh, I certainly expected. Um, And so I, I, I become fascinated now. How long can this continue? Will they have a serious setback, an injury of some kind. And then the real test will be, if that does happen, how do they adjust? I mean, we're halfway through the season now. It's 7-1. Did not see this coming. And uh, that that makes what comes up now in a game that they probably should win all the more interesting as far as I'm concerned. So Packers travel to Los Angeles to play the, uh, I'll say the Clippers. I don't think they'll be playing the Clippers. I'm guessing it'll be the Chargers instead. Uh, they will put their 7-1 record on the line. That is a game that I believe is going to be a 3 o'clock Sunday start. Is that correct, Dave? Uh, great it's question, Chris.
0: Uh, I'm watching Criminal be... right now. Um,
1: oh,
0: <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you're interrupting
1: my viewing. I'm sorry about Packers that. schedule. Let's take a look. It's, it's got to be 3 o'clock, right, be, because they're playing on the would West, they,
0: West. Would they do that to uh, Charger fans to play at uh, 10 in the morning or – uh, well, it's the, at
1: 3:25. 3:25. Three, okay, 3:25. Actually, the week that after is, that
0: Green Bay against Carolina is also 3:25, and then after the bye, 3:25 against 49ers. So,
1: I think they flexed that uh, Carolina game. I think that was supposed to be a noon start, and I think because the teams are playing pretty well, that they're going to want to get that one in a, a bigger, more prime location. So that's what happens. You know, when your team wins, they're not playing at noon on Sunday very often, and this team is winning, and of course, they're a brand name that's out there. So next three uh, games will be 325. Then it's the bye week, correct? Dave?
0: After Carolina, correct?
1: Oh, okay, all right. And then we so, got
0: San Francisco, which is looming. Oh, oh. I, I don't know how good they are, but uh, I, and I haven't seen them play, but and they haven't played a lot of good teams, but they beat the Rams pretty soundly. I would count that as a good win.
1: So. They're and Carolina to have a really good defense, yeah, yeah, you know, so yeah, I get, I think this schedule is a lot harder than it had appeared at one point, uh, but they have caught uh, their fair share of good fortune when they play teams so far, uh, but it 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 does it does get tough with San Francisco, and you've got Minnesota on the road. You got to play the Bears again, even though that'll be at Lambeau. That's still going to be a test as we go forward. Uh, I'd like to think that the Packers are going to move to eight and one after the Charger game. But I guess I'll have to tune in and find out. I'm guessing Dave will do the same. I will. Uh, 325 Lambo Field Time on Sunday. We expect to be back next week and uh, give you our opinions about it. But until that time, I'm Chris. And I'm Dave. And that's Packers Therapy. I'm Chris
0: and I'm Dave and that's Packers Therapy.